Here we go. Is the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. Previous administration negotiated an agreement with the Taliban. He should be less focused on trying to blame this on someone else than to solving the problem of making sure that we protect and defend American security. This did not happen on our watch. Uh, sorry. This is Devious Motives with Brett Winterbull. I'm Brett Witterbull. This is uh, Devious Motives, uh, the podcast that uh, we're documenting the breakdown of uh, of Afghanistan. And it brings me no joy to come here today to talk to you about what it is that took place in the last 24 hours uh, there in uh, in Kabul. You know, it's uh, it, it, it's it's an incredible it's an incredible reality that we're now living under because um, we. We just watched the cost of this and the cost of this engagement and the cost of doing business with the uh, Taliban. The idea that we are somehow, some way going to uh, rely on the good graces of the Taliban, as the president calls them, um, is, is shocking to me. It's shocking to me. But it's the reality that we're now in right now because you can't, you can't, win, a, you can't win a war on the cheap. You can't go halfway. You, can't, you have to be committed because your enemy is going to be fully committed. These are groups of people that will kill themselves to try to kill Americans. And so we're facing a, a real challenge here right now. And I think it's an important, I think it's an important lesson. It's a teachable moment, as the, the left would say. It's a teachable moment that you, uh, you got to be damn sure. You got to be damn sure about how it is you're going to extricate yourself out of a, uh, out of a combat situation. Because we, we know, I mean, we all know, right, that it's easy to get into a combat situation and it's really hard to get out of a combat situation. I think back to the days right after September the 11th. I'll have a longer form commentary about this because my wife and I were in New York on the 11th of September 2001. Uh, I know people who were lost. I lost family members. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there are people um, who suffered greatly and they continue to die to this day as a result of the, uh, the cancers and the illnesses that uh, still plague so many people. But I was thinking about that, that day yesterday uh, when the attack in, in Kabul happened. And I, I remember thinking how ironic it was that we were going to have to go to war to, that the, in the place that the Russians had, had run into such a difficulty. And obviously the Russians ran into a difficulty because we were supporting the Mujahideen. And I remember thinking, wow, this is, this has got to be kind of strange. This is going to be weird, uh, that we're going to go fight where the Russians fought. And, uh, that's going to be interesting because I'm, I think we're a much more powerful military than the Russians were at their, at their apex. And we'd, we'd be able to knock this out fairly quickly. And, and I remember, I remember at the time, because operations, the, we were attacked on September 11th, and the operations didn't begin. The formal operations didn't begin until October the 7th. And I remember in, in the run-up to the October the 7th strike um, that we watched a speech given by George W. Bush on September 20, 2001. And he, he, he issued a sort of a, he issued a message to the American people and he said, listen, there are going to be fights that you're going to know about. There are going to be fights you're not going to know about. And there are going to be fights that we can't tell you about. 
And I remember as we got closer and closer to the to the start of military operations in Afghanistan, there was a there was a restiveness by the people in our country. There were people who were uh, up, upset that we hadn't done anything yet. We should have just nuked them. We should have just struck them already. What the hell's the holdup? Was he losing his courage? Is it this? Is it that? And then we did, and we began the operations in Afghanistan, and everybody was supportive, uh, save for just the kook, the kook fringe. But everybody was supportive of this because they understood that we were going to go in with NATO, we were going to go in with allies, and we were going to get this done. And then a then a, then a weird thing happened, a, a really weird thing happened. We ended up getting bogged down there, and as you know, we, we ended up nation-building, and we expanded the the effort much more than we ever should have expanded it and 20 years later we're still there and we've had all these presidents you know we've had four presidents who have been part of this and as uh, joe biden says he wasn't going to leave it to a fifth well that's fine that's fine but if you if you're going to leave a place you have to you have to do it in an orderly way you have to do it in a way that protects the american people and to set an arbitrary date of august 31st i think was was a mistake why, why do you why do you give a date certain that you'll leave in, in all seriousness that's a negotiable thing maybe maybe we get out earlier maybe we get out three days later maybe we get three months later maybe covid breaks out maybe a, a terrible terrorist attack occurs and we can't leave maybe 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 there's a lot of stuff that changes why would you give cert certitude to the enemy especially an enemy as vicious as the taliban and that bothers just it really it bothers me that we did this and i i think back to the january 6th commission that uh, nancy pelosi has been so hot to do and benny thompson and everybody wants to do the january 6th commission and well i would hope to god at some point we get an we get an august 31st commission and i'm i'm serious when i say that i'm not i'm not being facetious i know now's not the time for politics we lost 13 of our best yesterday 15 wounded and 100 afghans dead but the American people, the American taxpayer, and most importantly, this next generation of people deserve to know what what happened here. Why did this happen like this happened? Why are we leaving with, I mean, frankly, I think we're leaving with a great deal of dishonor for the effort that was made. And this is a president that clearly wants a political conclusion because it's going to check a political box. On, on the issue of, 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 of September the 11th, though, we were resolved. I think if we went back and asked our September 11th or September 12th selves, we could go back in a time machine and you could say to them, man, how long are you willing to fight? Your answer would probably be as long as it takes. There's a phrase that's often used in Hollywood. They'll ask uh, movie makers and script writers, well, how long is a script? Their answer is usually something kind of Zen. They'll say, well, how long is a piece of string? And people kind of think about that and they say, well, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. It depends. It depends. It depends on what you need. It depends on how long the movie's going to be. It depends on how long the war is going to be. Mark Levin made an interesting observation about uh, what it is that's happening there at the, uh, at the air base in Kabul. And, and Mark Levin said, the administration in power right now, the Biden administration, he said, have have created an Alamo situation. And I thought of all the analogies that have been deployed in this political fight. All of the 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 arguments. I thought 
the Alamo is perfect. The, the only other one I might, I might come close to is the Bulge, but that's a different set of circumstances. This really is the Alamo. It's a walled fort. It's a base. The enemy is circling us and ready to, to do what they have to do to kill everybody in that base. And so we have to think now about what, what, it, what it is that's going to happen when, when that last plane leaves. Every plane that gets out with evacuees and military personnel, every plane that gets out is another plane load closer to um, disaster. We have about 96 hours or so left before we're supposed to be out. We're supposed to be out on the 31st, four days from now. We, we need to understand um, what it is that we're going to do to secure what it is that we're doing. How, how is this going to work? And, and what price is going to be paid? President Biden last night said, and I, I'm not going to burden you with, with sound bites. President Biden said last night that we would neither forget, forgive nor forget. We would neither forgive nor forget but that we will kill those people who do this and that he's putting together targeting packages with the with his uh, generals. What is what is that going to look like? And when would that be executed and how is that going to be carried out because if we have a single American citizen or a single dual national citizen in that country and we run military operations um what do you think is going to happen to that American citizen? You're right. They're going to kill him. They're going to probably take him hostage, and then they're going to kill him. At this point, what I think needs to happen is to make Joe Biden smoke the whole carton of cigarettes. You know the old story about grandpa catches you smoking behind the barn, and he makes you smoke the whole pack of cigarettes to make you so sick that you never want to smoke a cigarette again? Well, I think we got to make the president smoke an entire carton of cigarettes. He he came into power and was celebrated for being the great internationalist, right? The great internationalist, the guy who believes in the old rules, the old order, all, all that kind of stuff. Well, then where, where's the magic of the old order now? Where, where is the United Nations right now? And I'm serious because we know what's going to happen. Once we leave, let's go three weeks into the future and we've left and uh, uh, things are kind of not horrible. Uh, there, there, isn't, uh, there isn't massive civil war and bloodshed everywhere. China and Russia and Iran and a lot of really garbage countries are, what I mean by garbage countries is countries that, that don't much respect their human rights of their people and that don't much really want to be part of the, the, the international uh, picture. I'm talking about people like North Korea. I'm talking about people like Venezuela, the government of Venezuela. I'm talking about people uh, who, are, who are human rights violators uh, around the world. They're going to all get together and they're going to recognize the Taliban. But what's going to really matter is Russia, China, and Iran are going to recognize the Taliban as a legitimate government. And they're going to push for IMF. They're going to push for special drawing rights. They're going to push for, uh, you know, give, give them uh, economic support, uh, all that sort of stuff. Let them trade on the market. Let them do all that kind of stuff, right? Well, we have been told... <laughs> We have been told that America spearheads the Me Too movement, uh, the rights of women and girls, uh, the rights of LGBTQ+, plus, uh, the, the, the CRT uh, agenda, all that sort of stuff, right, is, is supported. 
so why are we not watching Susan Rice or or Kamala Harris or Joe Biden or Ronnie Klain, the chief of staff, or Lloyd Austin, the sec def, or Millie or anybody else, right? The woke the woke brigade. Why are they not going to the United Nations and demanding that every country has to pony up, you know, support and services and whatever to try to monitor what's going on there in 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 Afghanistan? I mean you, you, you had, you understand, you, you had, you had this administration three weeks ago go and request the special rapporteur from the United Nations to come in and assess how racist we are as a country. You don't believe me? Google that. They did. I think it was Alejandro Mayorkas was one of the guys that was kind of uh, pushing that. So we, we, um, we, we were told if Joe Biden got elected and if Joe Biden took over, things would go back to normal. Well, what, what was normal? And what do they mean by normal? Do they mean normal like Benghazi? Do, do they mean normal like the Syrian civil war and the gassing of children and asking the Russians to come in and, and, and vouch safe for our red line? What did they mean, the new normal? We're going back to the normal. What was the normal? 2000, 2001, what is the normal that we were going back to? We're going back to the, the order, the standards. We're going back to all this sort of stuff. And I don't know what that means. Because if, if, if I don't see a president sitting there on the phone with world leaders saying, listen, we got to present a united front to these Taliban guys. We got to get these refugees out. We got to get Americans out. We got to get your nationals out. We got to do all this kind of stuff. Then what's the purpose of the United Nations if not for a human catastrophe that Afghanistan is about to become? The answer is there is no international order. We are the international order. You have, you have a president that is too timid to confront Xi Jinping on what was likely a lab leak of the coronavirus. You, you have a president who has said he trusts the Taliban to work with us to get out. You, you, have, you have a president whose administration just four months ago was talking about the extremism in the ranks of the U.S. military and how that extremism had to be wrung out. You had to go run these people out. You had to make sure that these extremists were not welcome. And look, I don't want Nazis. I don't want people who are racists or supremacists. I, you know, I'm, that's not who I'm. That's not who I'm about. But those very people that you insulted by labeling uh, members of the military who may be extremists are now your lifeline in Kabul. You, you don't know who those people were who were killed yesterday. You don't know who they voted for. You don't know anything about those people. Why would you let Lloyd Austin and his team go, go out and besmirch the good name of the United States military? Why would you do that? This is the same administration that, that told you you needed to defund the police, that you needed to change these different things. and The border is wide open. Afghanistan is a shambles. We're still ravaged by COVID. At some point, it's not the fault of January 6th rioters or 
QAnon or Trumpers or any of that. It's the current condition of the world. I understand that it's a frustrating time. And I understand that the politics are looking pretty ugly right now. But if we continue to have faith in who we are as a country and as a people, things will gradually improve. But I have to say this directly and honestly and truthfully, America is not the problem. America is not the problem. The fundamental lack of rights, respect for human rights, the fundamental lack of opportunity, the fundamental lack of an ability to articulate a cohesive and comprehensive message out to the world that we will stand with those who stand for liberty and then we will actually show up when we have to do it, that will make all the difference in the world. The single thing that we can do right now today, whenever you're listening to this, is to pray for our men and women in the military, to pray for those who are serving over there in Kabul, to pray for those who have lost their loved ones throughout this 20-year fight. And yes, I'll say it. We have to pray for the president and the politicians and the leaders in our country that they will find the wisdom they need and the courage they need to stand up for those fundamental beliefs that are not on a piece of parchment in Washington, D.C., but that are written on the human heart of America and the world. God bless our men and women who are keeping us safe. God bless the United States of America. I'm Brett Winterbull. That's your Devious Motives. Devious Motives with Brett Winterbull.